Welcome to Sharkpedia, where your hosts, Megan and Amani, a couple of shark researchers that want to bring the science to you. We're creating a space to learn all things sharks and their relatives, answer your questions, and learn from the legends in the field. Get ready to jump in. Let's dive deep into the world of sharks. Hello, Sharkies. Hey, Sharkies. Welcome back to Sharkpedia. We have this very special episode for you on a week that you were not expecting one. So, surprise. Uh, surprise! <laughs> that was really That good. was fantastic. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> uh, this week, we have Jada Elcock. Um, I am super excited to have her on. I'm sure most of you know who she is because of her amazing animal facts on TikTok. She is a weirdo, and she's super smart, and she's fantastic. And Jada, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, hello. How is everyone doing? I hope you're doing great. Uh, my name is Jada Elcock. I am a graduate student at the MIT Woods Hole Joint Program. Um, whoop whoop. <laughs> I, Flexing. <laughs> I uh, focus on elasmobranch movement ecology and habitat use. Um, really interested in how sharks like interact with their environment. Like, you know how you pass a stranger on the street and you're like, you, I wonder what their life is like. Like, are they going to pick up their kids? Or do they need to go grocery shopping? Like what's going on in their life today? <laughs> do you do that yeah. thing where you like make up stories for people in like restaurants or on the sidewalk? 100%. For sure. Where you're just like, oh, I wonder what that person's doing. And then you build a whole life for them. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I also do that with sharks and like yes. animals in general, which is why I'm like, maybe I should stop making up stories and actually like learn the real story and see what's going on. So that's why I, well, one of many reasons why I love researching sharks. Super Are cool. Are you researching a specific species? Currently working on some seven gill data. We have a strong affinity to seven gills. I here. knew you'd get a kick out of that one, but um, <laughs> yes. not sure what my dissertation project is going to be on. There's some options, but I just got to get to the East Coast first <laughs> before I figure all that out. So yeah, exciting stuff. Super That's cool. Awesome. What data are you working with? Is it in Washington State? Yes, or? Um, my yeah. advisor got Willapa yeah, Bay. Willapa Bay got some some cool uh, biologger data from Seven Gills. I unfortunately was not on that trip. Um, we tried to catch some uh, back in December. We didn't see, yeah. but and we figured we wow. weren't going to because everyone's like, oh well, they're gone in the winter time. And Cam was like, well, I'm gonna we're gonna try anyway. Let's see if they're yeah. there. Because you never exactly. know, and and for the for the l listeners that don't know, I'm I'm also studying seven gills for my PhD dissertation, so I'm very fascinated by this, which is why I asked about all of this. But Willapa Bay is the only known breeding grounds that we know of for seven gill sharks, so it's a tiny, shallow bay in Washington State that they seem to visit during summer months. However, in San Francisco Bay, you can find small seven gills year round because San Francisco Bay appears to be their pupping ground and their nursery grounds so they hang out there year round 
and I just love seven gills. They're super cute little baby seven gill noses. They got little freckles. They're so cute. <laughs> They're like Dalmatian puppies. Yes, they are. We love ourselves a Dalmatian shark. Absolutely. Can we? Amani, I'm still waiting on my how it pants. I know. I'm so behind on my how it pants. I have not actually drawn a new one, I think, in all of 2021, and it's May. Bro. No, you know, we need bro we need to do a collaboration where like i do an animal fact video and then like you quote tweet my animal fact video with a how it pants or like vice versa but like we got to do the same animal and see okay how people okay i'd be down for this because i'd feel a lot more motivated to draw the pants honestly i've just been doing so many things and my like creative mind has to really be going to pick an animal and then figure out the two ways that I think it would wear pants. And I just like have not so if I pick been in that headspace. For you, it's gonna be easier. Yes, like, if you pick an animal for me, I think there's a higher chance I'll draw it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna make this happen, I got you. <laughs> okay, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than our previous episodes. We are not going to be reviewing a paper. Um, we are going to have Jada talk a little bit about her previous research projects that she's done. And then the three of us are going to discuss science communication because Jada Loki specializes in that with her crazy animal facts. And we think that science communication is super important. If you listen to Dr. Schiffman's episode, then you heard a little bit about this and how important it is to be able to communicate science to people who do not specialize in that scientific area. And so we are dedicating this episode to talking about science communication and having some fun and playing some games. Heck yes, I'm so excited for the game. Yes. Woo -woo. <laughs> so I'm gonna fail all the games. <laughs> honestly, same. It's fine. The three of us will fare. Fa the three of us fair. will fail. We'll fare. That, I mean, we might fare. We might oh fail. <laughs> the three of us will fail and our listeners will be okay with it and it'll be fine because we sound smart on all of our other episodes. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> we are obviously big brain energy. So we're all going <laughs> to sound all smooth-brained on my episode. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yes, smooth-brained, just like sharks. Sharks are smooth. Oh, yeah, they're super oh, Lonnie, smooth, too, if you don't know. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. I, this meme is haunting my dreams. I can't I know. I have to say this disclaimer now that sharks are not smooth because I don't want someone to take me literally when they hear me right. say that. So, no. um, Jada, would you like to talk a bit about some of the research that you've done for our listeners? Yes, of course. Uh, so most of the research that I've done so far has not actually been on sharks. It's been on skates, which are another type of elasmobranch similar to rays. Um, they look a lot like rays, but they don't have stingers. They have two dorsal fins, typically towards the end of their tail. And uh, where rays give live birth, um, skates do not. They exclusively lay eggs. And the work that I've done has been on those egg cases. <clears throat> So these egg cases, depending on the different species, will be a little bit different shaped and they'll have totally different textures. And just looking at them, you can tell like how different they are, even though you'd think that they're all kind of the same or they're all similarly shaped. They are very different and it's totally apparent just looking at them. Um, and then when we took a little bit of a closer look, we used scanning electron microscopy to take uh, samples and look at close close-up samples of the egg cases, you could see how drastically different these textures were on the surfaces of the egg cases. And so we were wondering, like, 
what is the deal with this? What's the purpose of this? Does it have something to do with how well they stick into the substrate when they're laid? Um, because a lot of, uh, we know that there are skates that lay eggs in like nursery sites, but we're not finding nursery sites out in the Salish Sea. Um, and we're not exactly sure why, because we're still finding skates and we're still finding eggs. We're just not finding nursery sites. So we're trying to figure out like, maybe these microstructures might have something to do with it. Um, and we kind of found that for some of them, microstructures influenced how well they stuck to the sand, um, but not for all of them. And we're not exactly sure why that is either. So there's still a lot to do in the realm of microstructures, textures, egg cases, morphology. Um, but what, what I did get to do was really cool because it was my first kind of research experience. And if you've never used a scanning electron microscope or seen uh, SEM images before, Google it because the resolution is crazy. Like it's so cool to see. It's so awesome. Oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing. So I am so grateful that I got to have that experience at Friday Harbor out in Washington with the University of Washington. Um, shout out to Adam Summers, whose lab is amazing. Uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Oh yeah. And it was, I'll never forget it. Thanks FHL. <laughs> amazing. So <laughs> That's awesome. if you, had to describe these microstructures to people who can't see them, AKA our listeners. Right. How would you describe the varying shapes and forms that they took? Um, I'll give you a little bit of an extremes type of situation. So we looked at, uh, we kind of organized them in a gradient from like smoothest to roughest. The smoothest looked totally smooth, like barely even had like hair like filaments or anything on it. Um, and the roughest one looked like it kind of feels like Velcro a little bit. And it, when you take an SEM image of it, it has like these horns just like projecting all in like one direction. Um, and like, I guess maybe this is a, a bad way to describe it, but the image I have in my head is like the trees in the movie, The Lorax. And I don't know why the Lorax- Trophula trees. Yeah, I don't know why the Lorax comes yeah. up when, when I'm with Amani, but for some reason it does. <laughs> I'm totally okay with this association. This is great. Because I can say, I can sing all of the words to every song in that movie. This is true, I've, I've seen her do it. Um, but yeah. The Lorax is like truly, I don't care if you're an adult, it is such a good Top movie. tier movie. Where is the Grammy? The Lorax and Wally are literally just warning us about our future and no one is listening. Facts. <laughs> but yes, I 100% agree. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the most extreme one was uh, it, all these projections looking like thorns kind of all facing uh, towards the back end of the egg case. And it looked like that on the dorsal side and the ventral side. So it was super weird. Um, and then there's just kind of all these things varying in between of like, kind of like a gritty looking thing. Um, oh, okay, sorry. I didn't know what was happening. There's there's kind of like a gritty looking surface where um, you've kind of got like these, I guess the best word I have to describe it is like globs that are all, like sat next to each other and connected in like a grid type of situation it there's so many different variations um and those are just the I only worked on eight species and they all looked totally different so I can't even imagine all of the different microstructures and textures that are out there on all these other species that I've never seen before but yeah one, like a fingerprint 
It is, yeah. It's I like it's like a fingerprint fingerprint for a species. Like you can totally you can tell what species it is typically by looking at uh, the egg case, or at least for the ones that I worked with. I don't want to you know generalize for all of them, but it it's definitely like shark skin too. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can kind of like pinpoint closer to like a group or a family or a, yep. a genus or something based on these egg cases. It's super weird. That's awesome. Yeah, the images from your project were super cool. And they made me think of um, I'm allergic to wool. And so it feels like super pokey to me. And I, I literally can't wear anything that has any wool in it because it feels like it's like stabbing me. Oh. When you get like the S up close SEM images of it, instead of being like smooth it actually has little fibers that are sticking up out of it and that's what i feel poking me so you're just like more sensitive than other like you know yeah typical person oh yeah i like literally no wool i can't it itches so much even if i had a sweater that had like 10 percent wool in it and it still itched me oh yeah so that's what your that's what the microstructures on skate egg cases make me think of <laughs> well i know what not to get you for christmas uh don't get me wool socks right, right. no wool socks any other i cool mean how socks. do you feel about shark skin well it's soup it doesn't okay well first of all i'm not ever gonna be wearing shark skin on my body that's so fair. that's an important <laughs> distinction to make okay. that's yeah fair. if i had to wear one i guess it would probably be like nurse shark because it's not rough in the in a way that it hurts you um in comparison to like hammerheads or tiger sharks where when you zoom in and look at their dermal denticles it's actually like pokey like it has little points on it um, and nurse sharks have a very just like, it's not an oval, but it has rounded edges. And so it doesn't feel spiky like other sharks do. So if I had to wear one, which I never will, but if I had to, it would probably be a nurse shark or that shark that was recently discovered that doesn't have skin. Oh yeah. That weirdo little pink guys. Yeah. Cause I'm guessing that he, they just feel smooth. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, oh I gosh. guess I, I mean, it's so funny cause I've had people like, does a shark really not have skin? I'm like, well, of course it has skin. It has to have something that protects its body, but like- It has it's to have not, an outer layer. <laughs> it's, it, it's not the same as like your typical shark skin. Disclaimer, I don't know a ton about this organism. Nobody does, because it's been very recently discovered, but like, I don't know, I guess Google it. It's got, a, it's just a weirdo. There's a lot of different weird sharks with a lot of weird adaptations and that's one of them. Yeah, totally. What kind of shark you would want to wear is not a question I thought we would be talking oh, about today. No. That wasn't even a question that was like on my bingo card of 2020 no, for weird shark questions funny. people would ask me. It's funny because like no. the image in my head was like you as Cruella DeVille, but except for instead of like like Dalmatian <laughs> oh puppy gosh. skin, it was just like a nurse shark. <laughs> it would be seven gills. Oh, it would. Because they're spotty like Dalmatians. Yeah. Corella Deville, but for seven gills. She, oh my gosh! Oh my so gosh. she's like Don't running around with it. a pack of seven gills, following her. Her name is oh her name gosh. is Cruella de Gill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even funny. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> oh, that was great. Okay, so now that we've gone on this super weird tangent that resulted in a lot of things we didn't think we'd talk about. Let's get into what this episode is about, which is science communication. 
So I think we should start with how you, Jada, even got into science communication and where your idea for Animal Facts came from. And then we can kind of all discuss, you know, why it's really important and all the crazy different ways that you can be involved in science communication. Great. Okay. Um, honestly, I got involved in science communication because I was a little bit bored. Um, <laughs> I was the type of person in like, it was like December, 2019. I was like, I'm not downloading TikTok. I refuse. This is for the young Gen Zers. I'm a cusper. I don't need this in my life. And then I was like, mm, okay, I'll download it. It's fine. It seems like a good time. And I saw so many people doing like their thing um, where people would do like acting challenges or some people would draw like companies as people. Some people did their TikTok dances. And I was like, I'm not good at any of those things. So what am I good at? Um, I know a lot about animals and I really like talking. So that's just kind of where the, the idea came from. And so I started making animal fact videos. Um, I've looked back recently on some of my older ones and I, I hate them, but <laughs> it's all about growth. You know, like it takes a while to kind of find your voice and like what your image is. Um, and for me, my image is just, being authentically myself, but it just kind of took a bit for me to be comfortable in front of the camera, knowing that there were people on the internet, you know, actually like starting to pay attention to me. Um, now I'm at that point. I think my videos are a lot better. They've got a lot more fun information. I look enthusiastic, whereas in my older ones, I just felt like I looked bored for some reason, um, which is weird because I was having so much fun making them. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of where the idea stemmed from. And now I just, I make them on TikTok and I put them on Instagram and Twitter and people started to give me suggestions of things that they wanted to see. Um, and I make my content family friendly so that, you know, people like to share them with like their kids at bedtime or like with their grandparents and whatnot. So I started to get all these suggestions from like, oh, my daughter would love to see the zebra or my grandpa really likes the seven gills can you do a video about that so I kind of started taking suggestions and writing them down and I think that that kind of helps with engagement and just keeping people interested to see like what I post next and will I take your suggestion the answer is probably but I have a very long list so it might take me a little while to get there um but yeah that's kind of where my idea for science communication came from and it's just carried me through the pandemic and has been a lot of fun for me to make and I hope that a lot of people have had fun watching. So yeah. <laughs> They've been so fun to watch. Thanks. They're so fun. And it's clear, like, it's not even a surprise to me at all, like how viral they go. <laughs> <at all. laughs> they're hilarious. And you definitely look entertained. I don't know if maybe I didn't see the earlier ones, but you always look very entertained and very excited for your animal effects. They were just yeah. like, low before. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, and this shark has teeth. And I looked at some of the older ones. My dad was like, oh my God, these are so slow. Like, I didn't even realize you were capable of speaking this slowly. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> you just kind of, you improve over time and you find your image and you find what your presence will be and what you look like online and whatnot. So you find your voice and I found mine and it's gotten better, which is what it's all about and having fun and sharing cool information. Yeah, that's exactly right. And maybe we should say for our listeners too, like, what is SciComm? Because we kind of just said SciComm and didn't really explain it. Uh, Jada, would you like to take a, a stab at what SciComm is and why it's so important? Sure. Um, SciComm is just science communication. Um, and 
you don't have to be a scientist to communicate science. I always like to say there's no wrong way to do SciComm as long as you are communicating accurate science. Um, and so I think it's really important because sometimes it feels like there's a bit of a bridge between like the scientific community and like the general public. Um, and a lot of the science that we do is to help inform, you know, potential like management and policy decisions. And the public has a say in a lot of that stuff. So I think it's really important to share the information that we are finding with the public so that they can make decisions um, for themselves and their own opinions on things. And also, I mean, there's just so many cool science facts to share out there. For me, I share facts about animals because I work with animals. Um, but that's true for, you know, like neurobiology and whatever else. So like, I think that it's really important to not only like share information that is essential for like policy and management, but also that people will just enjoy and have fun with, because how are you supposed to expect someone to pay attention to your science if they don't even know it exists or if they think it's boring. So you just got to kind of share the information and you're doing all this work. So clearly you're passionate about it. If you're one of the scientists that's sharing their science. So share your passion with the world. I think that it's really important. And I mean, if you're having fun with it, chances are someone else is going to get a kick out of it too. So SciComm. <laughs> right. And I think the important thing to note too, is that SciComm, like not all scientists are great at SciComm because I mean, I actually, we talked about this with Dr. Schiffman is that a lot of scientists don't really like working with people and that's why they study animals and so they're not necessarily super good or effective psychon people so when there's people like you jada who are effective at it and are really good at translating that scientific uh scientific science to uh other listeners that's why it's so effective and it's good to lean on those people to communicate because also science can't happen in a vacuum you can't really make change if science like is happening in a place and it's never utilized and never goes anywhere. Like you have to spread that information for people to care and people aren't going to protect or care if they don't even know it exists. Like you said. Right. And I think yeah. that's one reason why this podcast is so important. Um, and that I'm so excited about this podcast because like, I know that there's so many people out there that want to know more about science and maybe there's not a ton of SciComm like content out there for them to use to learn about these things and scientific papers if you're not in the world of science even if you are in the world of science are very confusing and a little <laughs> daunting to read like it's a lot sometimes so I think that this is a really cool way of you know kind of breaking that down and making it way more digestible for someone who doesn't know all the lingo because like I'm I'm in shark science and sometimes I come across some lingo and some jargon that I'm like what on earth does that mean? And I have to like Google it and then it's still confusing and whatever else. So I think that like, this is why science communication and things like this podcast are so helpful because it's, it's really breaking it down and making it a lot easier to understand. Yeah, totally. And it's, there's also, I think like a super important distinction um, to highlight what you said is like, there's no wrong way to do science communication. And that literally means like you can be as serious or as goofy as you want with it. Like there are people who are super like serious and they are communicating policy to anglers who cannot read a giant policy document because maybe it's not in their native language or it's super wordy and half of us don't even know what policy words mean. Or have time, um, honestly. Yeah, or have time. And then, you know, there's, there's yours, which are super fun, but also super informative at the same time. 
Um, and that just like communicates super random facts to people about animals that they might not know. And then people have told me that my pants drawings are science communication and I've decided to agree with them because a lot of the comments when I post like any sort of pants thing will get super, people will debate like really hard on how an animal would wear pants. And then they're like, oh, I need to go Google this animal because I don't really know what it does. For example, when I did um, the decorator crab, people were like, what's a decorator crab? And then I was like, oh, it's literally a crab that just like decorates itself with things and like camouflages into what, where it is. And like put super simply, that's basically what it does. And so for the two drawings, I drew one with khakis, which a bunch of, with a bunch of pockets for it to like store all the things yeah. it collected. But then I also just drew it like putting pants on its body to like blend into a, like a pants background. I don't know, like a supermarket, like a Macy's. <laughs> I absolutely loved that one. I thought it was hilarious. I died. Um, no, I think that it definitely is Psycom because not only are you like getting people to look up or even learn about like the existence of animals that they might not know about, but you're also like, there's so many people, the way that I think about it and the way that I know a lot of other people think about it is like, how would this animal wear pants based on like its body form? Morphology, like, yeah. Morphology compared to like ours. And I think that that's also a really cool thing as well. Yeah, I that's like one of my favorite parts is that people are like, if this animal were to actually put pants on, morphologically speaking where would the pants go and like some of those conversations are super fun like the mola drawing that i did yeah the mola one is so good because oh like their butt is sticker. like on one side but then where they poop is not on that side it's on the bottom and like is the function of pants to cover where you go to the bathroom or is the function of pants to just cover a butt like i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh the mola mola drawing it's in in a constant splits it's, it's so good yeah yeah that was my favorite honestly i loved the mola okay if, if our listeners haven't checked out the how it pans especially the mola drawing this is this is your homework to go check it out because it's so funny because the one pants drawing of like where it's covering it's both of its fins it really does make it look like it's in a constant split it's just doing the splits i saw that's the one i voted for because i was like even though i don't think this is how it would wear pants like this is so like it's too comical to not vote for that like I come would, on i agree <laughs> yeah but anyway the point of that tangent was to just say that SciComm can show up in whatever way you feel it should for yourself and you can make it fit your personality and what you want to do um and then have positive effects on people even if it's silly and stupid like putting pants on animals <laughs> yeah absolutely and it's I think it's to mention that like as we said, like it can be as serious or silly as you want, but there's also so many different platforms to use for science communication. Like you can use social media, like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You can use podcasts like this. You can, if, I mean, like if you're in school or something, you can just like make a really cool fact sheet with cool like pictures of the animal and like post it around campus if that's something that you're allowed to do. Um, and I think that would be like a really fun project and see like what kind of results you get from that let's like see how many people are interested in that so I mean there's so many different ways to do it so many different ways um and again all of them are right as long as you're communicating accurate and hopefully 
recent science. Yes. Totally. And to put recent in there for keyword on recent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, should we do something completely not science related and play a game? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. Games. Okay. Ah. So we're gonna try to name as many sharks as the three of us can name. This going is not gonna go well. In a circle. This is not going to go well no. because I <laughs> can never remember more than like five species when someone puts me on the spot they're like name a shark and i'm like bonnet head <laughs> only bonnet heads bonnet heads are the only shark in the ocean <laughs> you get to december and your mom asks you what you want for christmas you have no idea but exactly if, someone, if you thought about it like on your own three months prior you'd have a whole list of 45 items you wanted it's just the whole being on the spot and like you have very yeah. limited time type of stress Oh, it's fine. We're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna do. <laughs> we're not gonna do. We're gonna do potentially gonna really bad. bad. We're just gonna do and see how it goes. We're gonna try. All right. So yeah. This, this first. <laughs> should we? Should we just go like in alphabetical order by first letter of our name? Because sure. I don't know if we're all in the same location order. on our yeah. screen right now. So okay. So I'll go first, and then Jada. Okay. Here we go. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm already like, what's a shark? <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with the horn shark. Then I'll go with the Port Jackson. Seven gill. I have to. Nurse shark. Common thresher. Six gill. <laughs> Wabigong. The big eye thresher. <laughs> Short fin Mako. Bonnethead? <laughs> the Pelagic Thresher. <laughs> Long fin Mako. Yes. <laughs> Poor Beagle. Salmon. We were on the same page that one. Yep, Salmon Shark. White Shark. No one said that, right? Correct. No, no one said that. Um, Greenland Shark. Mega Mouth Shark. What, uh, mega, uh, uh, whale shark? <laughs> Basking shark? <laughs> uh, the frilled shark! It's a good one. I'm panicking. <laughs> Soup fin shark! Yes. Good one. Um, okay, the, the dwarf lantern shark? That's a good one. Um, I have to say this one because the name is just so disrespectful. The dumb gulper shark. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> wait okay can we pause because i didn't know that was the actual name of a shark is there like a dumb gulper shark and then a regular gulper shark i think yeah i think like gulper shark is just like an overarching like oh my gosh <laughs> like name like cow sharks gulper sharks, yeah. gulper sharks so the dumb gulper shark is a thing and it's hilarious that implies the smart gulper shark exactly they interesting they look, <laughs> they look hilarious. Oh we'll gosh. have to we'll have to post a picture of them yes, so people can see definitely. this. Okay. Is it my turn? Yes. Swallow shark. Oh yeah. Scalloped hammerhead. Uh, the bird beaked dogfish. I made a TikTok <laughs> recently about just like what? like <laughs> sharks that were named after other animals and or objects. And so this is, this is where this is coming from. 
spiny dogfish. Nice. Great hammerhead. <laughs> oh my god. Um, huh, huh, sand tiger shark. Oh, that's a good one. Black tip. Reef shark. Are there uh, more? Oh, sorry. Is there more yes. than one type of black tip? Yes. What? I believe so. so there, Am I correct? There's the okay. So there's the black tip reef. So the shark. reef shark, which I believe is different from just the straight up black tip shark. I didn't but think there is that a that was true. Is it? <laughs> Fact check. Oh, I'm so curious. Okay, wait, hold on. I know there's a reef shark, and then there's a black tip reef shark. I don't know if there's another kind of black tip shark. There, there, yeah, okay, there is, because there's black tip reef shark is Carcharhinus melenoteris, and black tip shark, I believe, is Carcharhinus lumbatus. Oh my gosh, I thought they were the same thing! No! Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. Wait, we're I'm, all learning but things. They look the same. Well, I mean, they're Carcharhinus, so of course they, they are. are. They're yeah. <laughs> Freaking Carcharhinus! That genus makes me so angry. Yeah. Seriously. Um, you okay, said Amani, black tip. Your term. Yeah. I said. Wait, didn't I say regular black tip? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, oceanic white tip. Heck yeah! Little airplanes of the sea. Facts. White tip reef shark, <laughs> which is also a different species. It is. <laughs> um, tropical saw shark. Okay. Um, <laughs> extra. I'm like pretty sure that's a thing. We can Google it. I yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a type of saw shark. Wait, here I'll Google it. I love that half of this episode is just us googling things. It is a thing. <laughs> It is. <laughs> what? I can't say that Latin name. It's Pristioforus delicatus. Delicatus. Yeah, no, you got it. Pristioforus delicatus. Yes, they are a pale brown with a yellow hue and an underbelly that is a pale yellow to white. Look, Boom. no shade, but like definitely shade. The sawfish is so much cooler than the saw shark. Oh, totally. But I mean, the saw shark is pretty dang cute. It is. It's tiny and cute. Okay. Anyway, it's Megan's turn, I think. Is uh, it? Jane's no, turn. it's my turn because you oh. said the saw shark. Trying to skip my turn. Oh, um, right. Let's see. Uh, ooh, the zebra shark. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, well, leopard shark. Yeah, that was the obvious second. <laughs> um, okay, bull shark. Tiger shark. Oh, I think Amani already said that. No. Oh no. Oh, oh I, I, don't said, think I said. That. I said sand tiger. Oh, yeah. you're right. Okay. Uh, brown smooth hound. Ooh. Oh, that sounds like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goblin shark. I don't think anyone has said that yet. The pajama cat shark. Good yeah. one. Oh, good one. Epaulet shark. Yeah. Blue shark. Ooh. Ooh. Uh... Uh, oh my gosh, wait, I'm blanking on sharks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm starting to blank too. Crapola, man. Oh, wait, there's, a, there's a, there's a, there's a Carolina hammerhead. Hey, oh, that's good. There we go. Uh, angel shark. Yeah. Can I say species of wabagong? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, we already did that with like short hair okay, and long yeah. makeup. I'm gonna go with the the dwarf spotted wabagong. I've never seen a picture of one of those. Um, ooh, brown banded bamboo shark. Oh, that's a good one. I am blanking on shark species. I really want to know, like, from the audience, like, I know. What- what they're thinking of like are we, are we missing the ones that they're thinking of? i was literally thinking this whole time there's probably a listener just going like oh my gosh you're forgetting the most obvious species i i have one i have one <sighs> well shoot <laughs> I mean, um like over 500 species and we can't we probably named like 30. 30 species oh my god I am literally blanking so hard. Can I phone a friend? Yeah, <laughs> I'll answer. Friend? Oh no, let me be the friend. <laughs> Lemon shark. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because we are definitely disappointing shiftmen, so I have to say. Oh, the sandbar. The sandbar, yeah. man. How do that was for oh, that what... was for shiftmen. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so then is it, does Imani go again? <laughs> Do I skip oh. my turn? Um, okay. I think there's something called the Atlantic weasel shark. Excuse me. <laughs> of- I, know, I know something weasel shark. I'm pretty sure there's like one called the Atlantic weasel shark. Stop. Oh my God, there is. What? What? What is that? I don't actually know what it looks like. I think I read that in the paper. <laughs> no, it looks normal, except for its oh, okay. mouth is so tiny. Oh my god. <laughs> Petite. Small. This is so funny. Um, oh my goodness, I'm losing it. Okay, anyway. Is it my okay. turn then? I think so. Yeah. Uh, dusky shark. Oh, that was a good one. Spinner shark. Ooh. I was gonna say that. Oh, swell shark. I nope. said that. said that one. Oh. Uh, Broadnose cat shark. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, silky. It's funny because they're not silky smooth. No, they're not. <laughs> you guys, this is getting really hard for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm cookie, like really. Cookie cutter. Oh, that's a good one. <gasps> it's them deep sea boys. There's. Um... I found a friend called Google. <laughs> <laughs> Cheating. <laughs> um, I think we <laughs> we gotta find an end to this game. Cause I don't think one, we're gonna sit here. And what is one of the people. hound hound sharks? Can we go extinct? Brown oh yeah. Because if we're doing extinct sharks, I'd like to bring up Helicoprion. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let it happen. Also Megalodon, but... That's uh, two. You can't say two. It's too late. I said it. I'm sorry. I'll say Megalodon. My turn. Good job. Okay, you're in turn, Amani. <laughs> you thought of that all on your own. Okay. okay. I'm so good. I'm so um... good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the scalloped bonnet head. What about... Oh. Oh, scalloped bonnet head. Fancy. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with the smooth hammerhead because you didn't say that one yet. You said scalloped. Bam, bam, turkey and ham come at me. Small eye hammerhead? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay. 
spiny dogfish because this one is for Chuck Bangley because I know he listens read to that us. one. We did. Yeah, bird beak dogfish. So then Megan said that one. But to be fair, there is a Pacific spiny dogfish and an a yes. spiny dogfish. So there's squalus acanthus, acanthus, yeah. and squalus <laughs> sucklii. Sucklii is Pacific, and I know that because I had to memorize it for my Friday Harbor fish class. Damn. So I feel like Jada won because I cheated and Amani said repeats twice. Yeah, I did. did so I, Jada I'm, definitely won. Yay! I'm amazing. Also because I feel like you know more Latin names than either of us do. Oh yeah, my God. that's fair. We totally should have played to see how many Latin names we could. No, mine would have been like maybe 10. It would have been done like 10 minutes ago. If we want to go all been sitting here. species. I would win. <laughs> yeah, would you would because I can't even name a rockfish species Latin name, period. I can't <laughs> name a rockfish common name species. Yeah, that's that's true. Like... <laughs> I was definitely naming common names, but. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I can't even do that, though. It's fine. You, you would win that competition for sure. Oh, okay. Well, good job, Jada. You won our How Many Sharks Can We Name game. And for all of our listeners out there, you can go ahead and tweet us all the species that we didn't think of that you were sitting there screaming at. Yeah. All 490 of them. (laughs) I want to know, I don't know if you guys are going to go back and count, but I want to know from the audience, like how many are in whatever way, how many did we actually name? I'm really yeah. curious because if it's less than 50, which it probably is, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I think it was yeah. probably closer to 30. Yeah. yeah. I think 30 I, might be generous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if we actually sat here for a full hour, like thinking really hard, like we were taking an SAT, we could name more. <laughs> 100%. I would just have to go through and look at some of my TikToks and we'd have a bunch already we'd have to study we would study up yeah and then yeah. we'll okay. rapid fire name all 500 sharks originally we were gonna make this game name a shark for each letter of the alphabet and like go through and so i did study for that <laughs> but I'm, then there I'm, are letters that we would just have to skip like yeah. x, x. <laughs> yeah that's the first letter that came yeah. yeah oh my god kite fin i was thinking k kite fin shark Pocket shark? Oh my god. There's so many. I was thinking of cat sharks, but I couldn't think of specific. I was just going to say cat, cat shark because I was like, I yeah. can't even think of specific. Well, because there's like cat right sharks and there's hound sharks and there's dogfish and there's hammerheads. Like, there's, I was, yeah. I was mostly thinking groups. like groups, not yeah. species. Yeah. So, okay. So I was on TikTok and I was on this guy's TikTok live and I was just like, I, I always ask whenever I go into someone's live, I'm just like, I have to know what's your favorite shark. And this guy just goes, um, I'll either say the great white or the tiger shark because I can't think of any other sharks. And I was like, what? And so I feel so, I don't feel bad, honestly. I derailed this man's uh, TikTok live for like 15 minutes and the entire audience was just commenting shark names that they knew. And he was like, they were like pajama cat shark, lemon shark, spiny dogfish, the, the frilled shark, the goblin shark. And this, I said cookie cutter. This guy was like, 
I have to believe that you guys are making these up. There's no way these are real shark names. And I was like, no, they're real. And like, I, I do. Oh my gosh. I would be losing my mind. It was so funny for me. I mean, I'm sure he was irritated, but I had a great time. And I'm so glad that there were so many other people that knew so many sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, audience. Great. Like, do you not? I do you not watch like nature documentaries, man? Come on, there's a lot of sharks out there. <laughs> That's because if you watch like Shark Week, there's like exactly five, five species on them yeah, every on time. each year. It's all it's five species, and it's all the same ones. And, and the they're usually doing this, all of them. And they're usually doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. White shark. Wow, watch it breach. Okay. Yep. Basking sharks breach, but okay. Um, it's the, the, the great hammerhead, the tiger shark, the bull shark, and like, that's it. There isn't sand even tiger, a tiger, maybe, maybe, yeah, the sand maybe, tiger. but like those four yeah. are definitely the top four or reef sharks. We have to throw reef sharks on there. Yeah. Just as like because, a group. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll go to like reefs or something and be like, oh, what happens if you chum the water? Will you get bitten? And then like, and the sharks are just like swimming around, enjoying their work day. I got, I got to say the one thing that plays in like on repeat in my head from Shark Week is just the dude with his really deep voice going sharks with freaking laser beams because they had like the lasers to measure the shark distances and I thought I was like wow they're measuring how big a shark is that's really awesome but everyone else was like these sharks don't have laser beams I was like why would they but like I thought it was cool because I was like, I understand what this is and what this means. And like, we get to measure the size of sharks, but like just that phrase and the dude's, the dude's deep voice just like oh lives gosh. in my head rent free. Oh, I think about my- it at least once a day. <laughs> this just in new species of shark species, laser beams shoot out of their eyes. It's the, That's how they hunt. The Dr. Evil <laughs> sharks. Yeah. yeah. Also, I was like, thinking like, is it Gazer Beam from The Incredibles? Neither of you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I there was I know straight crickets. Is it from the second one? <sighs> no, it's from the first one. Mr. Incredible has to get away from the little flying bomb camera thing. And then- Oh, his name was Bomb Voyage. No, not, excuse me. <laughs> Take that sass back right now. <laughs> I did funny. not mean bomb voyage. I meant when he goes in the cave and the guy, um, he comes up out of the cave and he is, there's the dude sitting there with the, the laser thing oh, over his eyes and he's dude, like, the dead laser guy. beam? Oh, yes. no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I'm caught up. I'm sorry. That was too much sass for no reason. You didn't deserve Yeah, that. excuse me. Gosh. <laughs> this is coming out with me with sass. It is not sass o'clock. Go home. It's not sass o'clock for you because you're in a different time zone. Oh, <laughs> you're going to be in the same time zone as me in like a week. I'm very excited, honestly, so that all of the Miss members are on the same time zone because I am currently the odd man out and it gets very confusing very quickly. I bet. I mean, even just us trying to schedule things for Sharkpedia yeah. and being in different time zones is... A little bit of a struggle. It's challenging. But we, we've figured it out so far, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing great, and I love this. Also, I hope that this episode is entertaining for your audience. I know. <laughs> it's just it's us a, yelling at each other. It's a bonus episode. <laughs> pretty on brand for, like, us, though. Yeah. For real. Yelling at 
the script yeah. about sharks. Yeah. Was there another game or something we were supposed to do? Oh, I remember there was uh, Amani mentioned trying to do like, you have to like, not including the word shark, you have to like start the first letter of your shark has to be the last letter of the last shark that was named, if that makes no. sense. There's no way. We just tried to name so many sharks. There's ab. No. Are you serious? Okay. That would be really cool because then, like, if you needed to, you could indeed use, like, uh, a genus name or something. So, like, Mako. And my first thought was Erectolobus, which is uh, Wabagongs. And then you could go Soup Seven Gill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I said Seven Gill. We're on the same page. <laughs> That's just what my husband said. I thought that'd be a cool game. Like the most impossible game, but very fun. I also just had an idea for a game we could play. What is it? We have to come up with catchphrases for different sharks. <gasps> Can we say it in the voice that we think they yes. would say it yes. in? Yes. So either like, so the voice that you think they'd say it in, and then like a phrase that you think they would say often, or that they would say like in a career. Like, for example, I was thinking of a thresher shark, and the thing that came to my head was, ha, 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 I have caught you a fish with my super long tail. Here is your food that will be $35. So he's French. <laughs> oh, terribly French. <laughs> really long catchphrase. Is this okay. some sort of phrase that we think that they would say at some point? Not necessarily yeah. a catchphrase. It doesn't have to be a catchphrase. Okay. Just like a phrase that you think... <laughs> They would say so. Like I imagined, a thresher shark is a chef. Interesting. Yeah, Look, that was like with a, a chef's hat on. Um, yeah. My first thought is, um, I have to bring it back to the movie Elf because I love that movie. Um, <laughs> the the image in my head of a Greenland shark is just where Santa's flying the sleigh and he just goes, "I'm getting too old for this shit." <laughs> that's, that's the Greenland shark. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Except for he's not moving fast on Santa's no. sleigh. He's moving really slow. Well, that's why the engine got caught on that statue. There wasn't enough Christmas oh, right. spirit. It wasn't going with <laughs> the Christmas spirit. <laughs> See, it's funny to me that you think a thresher is a chef in some way because they just look so confused. Their face looks so confused that, like, the one thing that comes to mind for me is, like, I'm lost here. Where do I go? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I'll tell you the exact picture that I thought of in my head, and then I'll probably try to draw it as a sticker. Please. Um, I imagined a thresher shark with a chef's hat on using its tail to like chop as onions really fast. Yeah. Oh, you need to draw I don't know this. why it was onions, but <laughs> maybe that's why it looks like it's crying all the time. It's always chopping onions. Oh my, oh God. my gosh. Absolutely. This is perfect. Yep. I imagined it as you like- You need to a, have it chopping onions and going, oh, and little <laughs> tears going down its face. Single yeah. tear coming out. Um, what about, okay, so for Seven Gill, my image is that they are either a very bougie woman who wears a lot of red or- yes. or So Corella DeVille. <laughs> yes, or they have like the little like old newsy hats and they're like, look here, see? <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a century. <laughs> you listen to me. Oh my god! Better watch that, Johnny. <laughs> okay. 
Mine for Grey White Shark is the old man from Monster House screaming, get off my lawn! Oh my <laughs> goodness. Absolutely. Okay. Horn Shark? I feel like this is just because it has the word horn in its name. But I just imagine it with a Viking hat on. Like not, oh. like like the stereotypical like how to train your dragon Viking hat and they're just like riding a dragon looking cool they're riding a wabagong <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. know maybe they're hiccups dad they're like hiccup <laughs> yes no i your accent was off but i really got the essence of it <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking for like a mako shark there's like this tiktok sound um <laughs> where he's just like i'm fast as f- <laughs> you have yes. no idea how i am <laughs> Fast as boy. Boy, you have no idea how fast I can be. And it's just going as fast as it can in circles, doing like donuts in the parking lot or something. That's the Mako shark. He like Or like an Olympic track star. I was thinking a little more fratty. Like definitely wears like vineyard vines, like with the whale on their shirt, you know? (laughs) That's for sure a Mako shark. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know why that's what came to mind for me for them, but it is for sure. Okay, I still for, love for a swell shark, I feel like they would be like, get out of my way, get out of my way, get out of my way, get out of my way. And then they just start swelling up and up and up and up and get bigger. This oh my good. God. Yes. I'm thinking like, I think his name is Bloat in Finding Nemo, the puffer fish that was oh, in yeah. the tank where he yeah. just panics. And they're like, I'll <laughs> go <laughs> deflate him. Yeah. <laughs> The bamboo I'll sharks in the episode like, them. I'll go deflate him. I got him. Like, it's fine. Okay, I think the epaulette shark is a scientist. 100%. I think they have to yeah. be a scientist. Or, like, honestly, could be Miss Frizzle. She's Yes. Miss yes. Frizzle. Or yes. she's a, a an expert tide pooler. Yeah. Like, some Some form of a crazy scientist. With like Absolutely. ridiculous frizzy hair, wears goggles so all the time, drives a Subaru Outback. A That's Subaru what they are. Outback? Why is that accurate? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, guys, I think that's about all we have for today. Thank you so much, Jada, for coming on and talking about your research and your awesome animal facts. Listeners, if you haven't watched Animal Facts, definitely go check that out. Follow Jada. And Jada, can you just real quick say where people can follow you and find your animal facts and your other awesome psychom skills? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Sophistication and uh, on Instagram at Sophistication underscore. Um, sophistication was already taken. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys come on this grad school psychom journey with me. And thank you so much for having me on the Sharkpedia podcast. It was a blast and a half. Absolutely. And Sharkies, if you're out there with more species that you wish we had talked about or really fun catchphrases that you want us to share, go ahead and tag us in your tweets and we'll retweet those and share them with all of the Sharkies. So thank you so much for joining us this week. And until next time, we've been your hosts, Megan and Amani. Swim you later. <laughs> <laughs>